Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. We had a heck of a few weeks here. Oh my gosh. You were you were commuting. <laughs> Tracy was in Oregon. She she switched coasts on us. Yeah, yeah. Not even really coasts. Like I'm in the Midwest, so it was like I don't know, it's Bend well, you went to a, a coast. Yeah, I went, <laughs> you went yeah. Coastal. But like, <laughs> it's like going coastal. Yeah, I did. All the way Pacific Northwest, the PNW, we like to call it. It was it was a really nice vacation. I got to meet my nephew for the first time, but it's also like a 3-hour time difference and that always throws me for a loop. I hate flying. I hate flying. I just hate it. I've decided it's just not for me. But but soon I'll be I'll be visiting you soon in the in the land no! of corn. I can't. I honestly cannot wait for this. Like I keep looking at the days, going, oh, Amber's gonna be here soon. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Hello and welcome back, Mother Shuckers. <laughs> I'm here with my good friend Tracy. Uh, I'm here with my very dear friend Amber. And this is the road to Tarvalin, unscripted, unhinged. Un- Our plot has uncharted. not been forced. Uncharted. <laughs> I'm excited about this. This ne- this never happens for us. We never do this. We never do this. We're always so like, we have an outline and we've both gone through it and it's color coded. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Definitely yeah. color coded. Like, I love that. I actually color code my audio tracks to the same colors when I'm editing them because it's something I can do in GarageBand and it makes me smile. Makes I love me it. smile. Yeah, anything that makes me smile. It's little things. It's just little things. Makes me happy. So as far as topics go today. Yeah. Yeah. Do you I have I think any? this will be... Well, I think this is just going to be a a free-flowing chat about ideas that we things mm-hmm. that we want to do, characters that mm-hmm. we like, characters that we don't like, just whatever oh. comes just to whatever mind floats because our boat. Yeah, because up from next week, I will be in town with you and we'll have some ideas on what type of episodes we want to do. I really want to get a few more Westlands 101s in the hole because I love those so much. They're so fun. They're so fun. And there's always like this part of doing the 101s that leads to research in areas that I know we both like that's outside of the Wheel of Time. Like I know we did our YouTube video on the bat on the band of the Red Hand and <laughs> Like, finding, like, the historical inspiration for that was so interesting. Like, I love that. I love dipping into certain areas and finding them leading us to other places. Makes me happy. 
Our Ogear episode has been one of our most popular episodes since the TV show. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, and it was a Snakes and Foxes recommendation from That's Patreon. Right. So thank thanks, you, Snakes and Foxes. Get oh, out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know they're not going to. <laughs> Snakes and Foxes is there to stay. We could talk about the fin. Do you want to talk about the fin? I always feel kind of like... Okay, so first off, is this going to be like random chat Ooh. and we're not going to worry about spoilers? Or are we going to I like... say today we go full spoilers because it's yes! very rare that we do that. And... It is. Sometimes it's nice. Do you know what, yeah. though? There is one thing that I want to talk about for sure that does kind Ooh. of touch on the TV show, but it's more like a, I don't know, like a fun exercise for us, I guess. But Ooh. my favorite thing from the TV show was mm -hmm. probably the cold opens. Nine times mm. out of ten, like, that was the scene that drew me in where I was like, okay, that was cool. I like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of what they're going to pull from The Great Hunt or maybe The Dragon Reborn or possibly scenes mm. that just, you know, like the Loghain opener, like that came mm -hmm. from something that happened in the book, but something that we didn't see at all. Mm -hmm. So I've been mm. trying to think about stuff like that that would be real, that would translate really cool to visual media yeah i'm i'm doing that whole thinking face thing on what i would i feel like we talked about a couple different ones that might be really cool while we were going through the great hunt and of course that means i can't think of a single one off the top of my head well i know that we talk uh, about adelius and um van dean and van dean Oh and my I god, think, like a cold like, open with their little cottage? Yeah, and Moraine like rifling through all of these old yes! prophecies. Or maybe like they could even incorporate that to where like that itself isn't the cold open, but it could be like Moraine back in Kyrian as a young girl being taught. Mm. Things like from her Aes Sedai mm -hmm. that was in the ca in her uh, palace, I guess. Was it a palace? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, it definitely would have been a palace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Well, what's the difference between a palace and a castle? Is there one? Is it just the same thing? You know what? I just watched a, a Time Team special that talked about the differences between them, but I don't remember what they are. I think a palace say, is Tracy, maybe... say, Tracy, this is perfect. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe it's just that a palace is a larger, more complex structure than a castle would be. Like, castles are usually thought of frequently for, like, fortification and defense, defense. and palaces are usually more luxurious ostentatious look yeah at the money yeah. that i have look at my yeah. things yeah so i i think that's if i if i remember correctly i think those were like the two main differences and not that like there weren't defenses put in place for palaces they just wouldn't have been like like think versailles versus the tower of london 
Like, yeah, I I would say the Tower of London would be classified more as a castle and Versailles is without a doubt a palace. So I think that that would be so I can see Moraine more hanging out in Versailles than I can <laughs> in the Tower I always of London, think even of- though they're like, yeah, go ahead. I always think of like Neuschwanstein in Bavaria and how mm. it's just full of tourists because it's it's the Disney castle, you know, it's like the inspiration oh, for the yes. Disney castle, but all of the tourists mm-hmm. come and they're like, it's so beautiful, it's marvelous, it's the most beautiful castle we've ever seen, but when it comes down to it, it's it's fairly recent compared to like a lot yeah. of European castles. And it was like yes. Ludwig's like, look at look at the money I have. I'm just going to make look this. Look at my money. Yeah. And then drowned yeah. in a lake. <laughs> but okay. Sucks to be that guy. <laughs> but I can picture Moraine getting maybe taught by her Aes Sedai in her palace and like mm-hmm. maybe listening to her talk about certain prophecies or something and having kind of like this Moraine centric flashback mm-hmm. and then it whipping to the future and her being in Van Deen and Adelia's little cottage going through all mm-hmm. this paperwork trying to figure out these prophecies because I think that the TV show could benefit a little bit mm. from yes, some 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 info dumping maybe. Mhm. You know what if they do it right? Yeah. Well, it I, it I, feels it, organic. Yes. Mhm. Like this is what you're setting up. Yes. Cuz it would become a conversation that just would like flow across parchments and a room full of books and a fireplace and tea and you know it would it would set the scene for telling a story and so I feel like that would be a really good opportunity to info dump in particular about the prophecies and where people are going to be going because I mean that's where those seeds get sown early in in the in the books is knowing that Moraine is asking about Tom and Head and ends up in Falma. So I think it would be like almost sneaky too to drop that in there. Like, pay attention, guys, there's stuff happening later. Like that kind Ooh, of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because that pulls in where all this it, it it brings to the point of where all the characters travels mm-hmm. meet. Yeah, yeah, all converge in one spot. That would be cool. I, I would just really like a scene that has that. I mean, I know I've said it a gajillion times, but I just want I want to see their cottage. And I mean, what better way to wrap up a cold open than two warders uh, killing a Jakar? Oh, know? my gosh. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> yes. yes, yes. That's what yes. pulls you from info dump to instant action to what the fuck happens next. And then you can just like do the, mm. the opening. Dear writers for the show, I hope you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah, and too, what, what would work so well about a shot like that is mm. you're going from exposition, so yep. you're getting a flashback about Moraine as a person, who she is, 
And then Mm -hmm. that weaves in the prophecies and all of the stuff that the reader needs to know. And then Mm -hmm. right when you think like, okay, like you don't want boring exposition for those people Mm -hmm. that don't like Mm -hmm. boring exposition, then you've got action. So it all like flows. Yeah. Drakkar action. Yes. I mean, Jordan writes that chapter so well anyway. It's one that like lingers with me partially because of the the whole research thing that Maureen is doing. I mean, I of course resonate with that. But then also like her getting nearly pulled into the full embrace of a Drakkar before she's rescued. Mm, like you're going to yes. have this moment where you're like, what's going to happen to Moraine? Is this going to be the end of her? And then like embrace death. Like yes, shouting that's such a good line behind them. Like, yeah. I, and then like, seriously, just like everyone's standing and they're looking at each other and Moraine being like, we need to go to Toman Head. And you open into like the, the opening credits. Like that would be, that would be really That would be fun. amazing. Yeah. 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 Are we going to write our own Wheel of Time TV Our spinoff. <laughs> yeah. Our spinoff of the spinoff of the spinoff. I was actually, yeah. like, when you were talking about, like, Young Moraine for Cold Opens, I was thinking of Moraine and Lan first meeting and the bonding that happens and how it happens. And I just think that that would be... Again, young Moraine in the borderlands. She comes across you know, this what? traveling group. What? Tracy, that would work what? so well because mm-hmm. let's face it, in the Great Hunt, Lan and Moraine don't really have much to do. So yep. you could weave their storylines through flashbacks, essentially, mm-hmm. if you wanted to. And use them for cold opens. Because that's the other thing that I keep thinking is that with what happened at the end of the TV series to Moraine, my question is where does she go from here? And I think, honestly, that was kind of brilliant on behalf of the writers for the show. Because, like, of course, as somebody who's read the books and knows where Moraine goes in the prequel and through the series to feel this almost anxiousness to find out what happens to her next is kind of cool. Like I was not expecting that, but I'm like, what do they do next? How does Rand become a blade master? Like how do a queen and Nynaeve get to the white tower? Like where, where is it going to go from here? And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I struggle with those questions because I don't have an answer at all. Right? (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. I think we have some good ideas of what could be done, but I'm very curious to see what the writers are actually going to do. And a little nervous. They've made some big changes and... I think that's perfectly like normal to feel a little trepidation, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't mind. I don't want to like go into this being like, "Oh, this is going to be the best thing ever." Like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I don't I don't want to do that. I want to be surprised. And if I don't like it, well, I have a podcast to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what I, I was thinking it. would be cool mm. too as a cold open mm. if we did some type of exposition about the heroes of the horn. Ooh. Like, could we get a Archer Hawkwing or a Brigida? <gasps> because let's be honest, like, I think Brigida is a very important character that yes clearly yes. she's gonna get weaved throughout the story a lot she has to mm-hmm. right yeah yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't see them cutting her so it would make sense if you are getting a well sought after actress who you want to be on the show to be yeah. like hey we're going to give you a cold open and then you will like be revealed in the fighting later. Because if you showed one of the heroes of the horn in a previous age, like they did yes. with. Yeah. Lu- the Lu- age Theron, of yeah, yeah. 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 So you could pull her back to a different timeline as well. And people would be like, wait, what? Who is this woman? Like, who is this archer woman? Why does this look sci-fi? And we're kind of like pulling back into another completely different time period, which I think is cool. But oh my gosh. I may just be biased because I like these big time switches when we got this Age of Legends moment. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was so well done. Loved it. I mean, I think we both geeked out hard over that opening scene where we were just like, oh my God, it's the Age of Legends. I wanted to flip my table, but there was too much expensive stuff on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) You see me just like raging like, yes! (laughs) That would have been the most expensive reaction. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. I was actually thinking... What might be really cool if you did do a Brigida cold open is to have the actor that plays Tom being like the Gleeman narrating her tale in some ways and like maybe have it almost in like the sounds I don't know how to explain this, but like in a swishy dream style from life to life. Like, always seeing her as the archer going through one place to the next until she gets to the end and she's, like, in okay. Road waiting. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. They did something similar for episode one where Moraine is, Rosamund Pike is narrating, mm-hmm. we're looking for their dragon mm-hmm. reborn, we don't know if he's a boy or a girl. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. they could have something similar to that, only this yes. time Tom's voice, and For then Rita. him narrating it, and then having just background footage of Birgitta being Birgitta. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, I mean, but I would like to see her and Geidel Kane. Well, I mean, that, I think that would be part of it, is, like... Could be a love story. If you story. have it... Yeah. What what I'm thinking is like Thomas the Gleeman, so he tells the stories, and every story with Brigida involves Geidel Kane, and I think what would be really cool is if somehow they always did it so you never saw his face, because that's how they do it in the in the book. I think the only time you really see him is 
at the when battle. When the heroes come, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But every other time when in, in Talaronriad, he's just like either a shadow or you only see him from the back or you just get his profile. So it might be kind of, I don't know, <gasps> it might be kind of interesting if it was like her running towards him after a battle, he's got his swords on his back and like, Maybe he even swings her around and hugs her and her hair covers his face. I don't know. Like, just something that keeps him as a mystery figure. Or or if they're in battle together and he gets killed (gasps) and then she's, like, running to him and it's like, I'll find you in the next life. Ah! And he goes down. You don't see his face. (laughs) But then... That weaves in her whole arc of where she's going through her loss of all of her memories and her thoughts of Geidel. Yeah, and then, like, that yeah. would give a good premise to mm-hmm. how devastating that loss is for her. But mm-hmm. the hope that she will find him again, as she does in every lifetime or... Yeah, yeah, like establish their love story, establish their connection to each other, establish Brigida Re- being as... reborn. Yeah, yeah, like I think I think one of the things that we've seen come across really well in the TV show, like you said, are those cold opens that like pack a ton of information in a very short amount of time and make you feel something. Like, it's yeah. not just that it's, like, informative. It's you reacting to what's happening in so many cases. So I yeah. feel like they could, like, create that connection to us for Brigida early, have us waiting to have more of her. So as she shows up throughout the rest of the books and then gets yanked into the physical world by Mogidian, we feel everything for her. That would be brilliant. Oh, we're so good at this. <laughs> yeah, and as well, like it would be, you would have action. Like if there's a battle going on, it wouldn't be boring to watch, you know? Like I, at first yeah. I was thinking like her just shooting a bow or practicing. But if they were actually fighting, you can do another yeah. fight choreograph, which those have been and awesome. I mean- like the T-Grain one was Mm -hmm. awesome oh my god oh my god give us another watch that one for fun it's so good (laughs) give us another yeah badass fight moment and then it might be strings along the oh i was just gonna say that then that also leads into loss and Mm -hmm. it'll be a punch to the gut so it won't just be like girl power she's fighting you know what I mean like it'll have a story to it like the T-Grain one did there's there's a base yeah especially if you can like make it so it's like even in the telling that Tom does oh my gosh what if he sang it what if it was like a song I don't know if I would like it yeah (laughs) I would have to hear it I would have to hear it I agree. I was just like, I was thinking about the song that's done in Breen Spring and how that tells a story. And I really like it. But like for that, for an entire cold open, I don't know if I would want that. 
You can just be telling it in high chant, you know? Like, yeah. spoken word is fine for me. You know what we would miss out on, though? Like, if it was just him telling it and not... Him pantomiming, riding a horse? Yes! Yes! <laughs> Don't do Tom Dirty like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my poor lungs in this cold. I'm so sorry. No, I think that would be amazing. Pantomiming Tom. I'm trying to think if we'll get any big baddie cold opens. Like, will they do something with the Sean Chen maybe? Or will they they do? I mean, we could we could get a Lanfear cold open, I think. Oh yeah. Establish who she is. They did it so well with the white cloaks, so that as soon as we saw them again, we were like, oh no, like these are terrible pe- or this is a terrible person it was just balda mostly we yeah. don't really know too much about the others but we could do something like that as well where you're establishing someone having ulterior motives someone the shadow pal social at the beginning of the great hunt oh I think- yeah 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 that's the perfect it's perfect <laughs> the perfect example it's it's the perfect opening to that book, you know? Like, if you start... Because, I mean, we already have established that the White Cloaks more or less suck. But we've, like, we've been given two sides of them in a way. We've definitely gotten more from Eamon Valda, but we've seen, like, at least a little bit more of a reasonable, measured approach from Joffrey Bornhold when they have that, that interaction with uh, Moraine and crew, like, I don't remember which episode that was. So now to throw a third layer, like they're evil, some of them are okay, and some of them are dark friends. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. That would be that awesome. That chapter is set up perfectly yeah. for it would be, television, it would be I think. It filmed so cool. Like there are so many details. Except for maybe the Baal Zaman like <laughs> screaming in everyone's head because I don't know. I mean, they could just have, they could just have them appear, kind of. But I can see how they could, could do that where it wouldn't be as aggressive as it feels in the books, if that makes sense. Like, I feel as though there may be a way to do it where he still has the one-on-one attention with whoever is, like, the main person. So, like, if this continues to be Bors, who is our main guy in the book, like how he gets picked up by Baalzaman, I'm sure they could do like some sort of a almost like fading out of everyone else. And maybe, maybe Baalzaman doesn't appear like when he's talking to them one-on-one with like flame face, but he's actually like the guy. Yeah. Yeah, like throw them off balance, charm them, like so instead of being like all out evil and obviously so, like add in because they've been doing that in the show that like the dark one doesn't want like she, he doesn't want to kill Rand, he doesn't want this. He wants to break the world and set everybody free. So giving the dark one a physical appearance that's as charming as the one that we've gotten in the show, I can feel like yeah, that, that might actor balance people. 
he's so charming he's so mm-hmm. charming like i'm like oh you make you make sense guy and then i'm like no no stop stop <laughs> don't do yeah. that it's just hard that might to be cool. do like inner monologues and i mean that's the it's really hard to do these like metaphysical battle of will battle of mind on tv yes. i think yeah the way that they finished episode seven with him versus Rand was probably one of my not so favorite moments of season one. So like, that's the only reason why I'm not too into these like telepathic conversations, I guess. Mm. Yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. It would definitely be a challenge for filming depending on how, they chose to do it I just I feel like it would be possible and I feel like it could be really powerful if they did it like I'm just seeing like the Wizard of Oz like the man behind the curtain <laughs> they're all standing in this room and then there's like some guy like oh, there I'm is Baal's no man Zaman. yeah there's no man behind the curtain <laughs> it's me Baalzaman <laughs> he, he pops, pops out, out of a of pipe a- yes <laughs> Oh, that's even better. That's a castle for sure. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, that's so funny. Now I'm just picturing Rand like jumping and like collecting coins. A 2D image, his face is turned yes. to, the smi- to the side with like a snarky smile. <laughs> yep. Someone make this, please. Ah. Oh my god, that's so funny. I love this idea. <laughs> what other? I'm trying mm. to think of things. Oh, I think I. Oh, I thought I had a thought about like another like kind of like old open type thing. Oh, I can't remember what it was. She had oh, a thought. She oh. thought. <laughs> right. And then she forgot. That reminds me. I will not scream reminds- at you. She screamed. <laughs> I'm <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Got excited. Okay. Cold open idea. If we can still keep going on that because I'm having an yeah. awfully good time with it. The scene with Nynaeve, Aguine, and Elaine all sitting on or like hanging out in Aguine's novice room. And the barging in of Leandra and being like, your friends are in danger, we have to go. And, like, maybe cut it off as soon as they walk into the way gate kind of thing. Hmm. I see that for, like, a like more end of the, the episode. episode. Yeah, yeah, like the ending where where you have to like be on the tip of your seat like what's gonna happen next week yeah no I think I think you're right I think you're right it doesn't really feel like it belongs at the beginning now that I'm like talking about it out loud but I do want that scene like I want to see what that looks like yeah and I really hope that it's Leandrin that does it too oh god it has to be it just has to be like I know if we're getting that Plotline. I feel like we will. I feel like it's 
really important to all yes. of the young women, because especially for Egwene, but also like it's showing this early camaraderie between Nynaeve and Elaine. Mm-hmm. And they get buddied up for a long, a long time, time in the yeah, series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love the moment where Nynaeve is thinking to herself that she's saying, I told all of them that at the slightest chance of trouble, we all run knowing that she would be the one to stay behind and just make a distraction or something yes. to make sure that they could get away. And I'm just like, oh, naive. She wants... Yes. She wants She's the girls She's the protector. To... Yeah. She even... And what's really admirable <laughs> in that moment... Yes. Sorry, I'm just thinking about, <laughs> about the... Domine punching the soul dom and like running off. <laughs> so comical. But I love it. I mean, I yeah. would, I think I would have the same reaction. I you know what? I think I probably would have reacted very similarly to Aguine in that moment where she when she's freed and Rena comes in the room and she just goes feral animal attack on her. And I don't God, I don't blame her. And that, in some ways, that really bothers me because I really don't condone violence. But I think it's almost difficult for us not to want to hurt people who have hurt us. That, yeah, I mean, slavery warrants a punch or two, I feel like. Just you know what? Just throw that out there. I, I, yes. Okay. I can get behind that entirely. <laughs> I mean, as much as I would love to follow the way of the leaf, I, I don't right. know. There's something just deep down inside of me where I'm like, fire. Yes. Yeah. Flames I... on the side of my face. Flaming, <laughs> heaving, breathless flames. You know what, though? You said, uh, you mentioned mm. something about like a feral animal uh-huh. that just made me think of the Ogier Gardeners, the Shan Chen mm, Death Watch mm-hmm. Guard. Yeah. That could be a cool cold open to introduce Ooh. Ogier, but other Ogier. Yeah. What if they did like a menagerie unload, like Shan Chen, and then the Ogier are like the last ones that <gasps> come out? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Lord Turok touching Ooh, okay. down, uh-huh. unloading his things because he's got all of his interesting, you know, he's got his Queen DR collection. Yes. You could and his have entourage. Yeah, you could have his entourage. That could be Ooh. interesting. But that, I think too, you know like what? for, I think though oh, for a cold gosh. open, what you would want to do first is something that's like the most shocking, so that you would pull people in is showing the Ogier gardeners and the Death Watch guard and being like, oh, okay, like we saw the Sean Chan la- Sean Chen last season, uh huh, 
but it was kind of like this faraway shot. They weren't really like. Yeah, we know that there they're, was... they are no good and they're descending upon some place. And we're assuming right. it's the Westlands. Right. Yeah. You could have a moment of the Death Watch guards kind of like hyping each other up, like something that they would be doing or saying like before they're reaching land mm. and kind of like show like all of these forces and stuff, which we kind of saw like with all the boats. So I guess that wouldn't be important. But I think just like the visual of them and all of the armor and looking ferocious and then showing some type of conversation to work in the Empress because mm-hmm. I think it would be important mm-hmm. to know the background of the Shan Chen. Like what's yes. their what's their prophecy? Why are they here? What's their storyline going to be? Or kind of like drop some hints and clues, I guess. I don't know. I'm 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 stuck on this one. I I can tell like I want I just want to see the Ogier, but I don't uh-huh. know like how I would incorporate it into something that's pushing the plot along but also interesting. Yeah, I I really like the idea of it being Turok. He's such a cool character. Yeah, and so okay, so we have we have the end of episode eight with the Shan Chen ships Shan Chen ships showing showing It's so hard. It's so hard showing up and what I think might be effective and efficient for filming is if you have Turok like coming into Falma and everybody is like totally cowed. Maybe they're like charred buildings and <gasps> maybe they're yes. like some like some corpses hanging from gallows and heads on spikes and whatnot. You know, the things that Sean Chen do to enforce Okay, I'm I'm into this. I'm into this yeah, idea. I love it's it. It's changing it's- everything for me. I like it. <laughs> But wouldn't that be cool? Because then you have the situation Falma is in. You understand why they are all like not willing to rise up against mm-hmm. the Shanchen. And you have Lord Turok arriving with all of the weird, strange things, including the Ogier gardeners who all like flank out around and like choose his place where he's going to dwell and we have Daco Vale running around with like precious cargo from his ship and he's like being talked to oh my gosh you could have Captain Eganin being the one giving Turok the report of like how everything has gone and then you could totally skip out on like all of that exposition that happens along the coast of Tommen Head where the Shanjin have like completely like decimated the villages and made them everything fearful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would, I love this idea. <laughs> I like it too. I like that. That a lot. would be cool. That would be cool. Like I can see it in my head, like kind of grim and dark and smoky and 
a little gory, mm-hmm. intimidating, yeah. something that makes you feel fear. Because then, oh my god, and repulsion then, too. Yes, yes. When a queen gets caught by the Shanchen, we are going to be so scared for her. Yes, yes, yes. We should really like submit that. this podcast to Andre and be like, in the event that your writers are struggling. <laughs> We have a million cold open ideas for you. <laughs> as far as architecture uh, ideas and et cetera, et cetera. Dude, I think we could write our own show. I think we I could. Think we probably could. The amount of time we that we spend writing in general. I know, right? I was actually Oof. like, when I've, when I've been reading The Poppy Wars, I'm like, this would be an amazing show. Like, run it as a yeah. three- Three season, like short, fast, punch to the gut TV show. Cause it's so good. Oh my God. I'm so glad I started reading it. Thank you for the recommendation. It's just been, isn't painful, but it has been so good. I really liked it. it. (laughs) Podcasts, more podcasts, YouTube videos. Yeah. If anyone, if anyone, and now we'll start writing there. for TV shows. <laughs> Tracy won't let me talk. Nope. A guy talk about his writing TV shows. It's fantastic. Please talk. No, I sorry. was going to say, if anyone out there is looking for another series to read, mm. check out Highly our recommend. No Book Club and join us. We need some people to do a stream with us. Yeah. Yeah. Any listeners out there, any any ladies that would like to talk about a book <laughs> with a female protagonist written by a female author, please come find us. We need more people. Yeah, yeah. More book and clubbers. Yeah. This one is this one is worth reading. It just is. The the historical background behind it is gut-wrenching. It's absolutely horrific. And for this author to be able to pull those things together and have you gobbling up despair <laughs> yeah and wanting more is impressive it is and i got to say i already read the second book i couldn't stop myself i put a pause for a minute before i read the third book but i just can't stop like once i pick it up i'm like oh my god what happens next brilliant brilliantly written can't wait to talk here, about here. it. Here, here. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Momentary interruption, friends. Since we are not good at remembering to promote ourselves during the show, here's how you can keep the road to Tarvalin growing. First off, rate and review us wherever you listen to The Road to Tarvalin. This helps new listeners find the podcast. Listener support is available through Anchor. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month with amounts leading up to a generous $9.99 a month. Also, we have a new merch shop. Cozy Contorta was inspired by the books and characters we love, and it's not just Wheel of Time focused. Go check it out at Cozy Contorta on Instagram or find the link on our website via social media. Income means better equipment, more content, and more opportunities to be able to grow our amazing community. We love you all and feel endlessly grateful to each of our listeners for joining us week after week on the road to Tarvalon. 
Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, I feel like I should grab my book and kind of like just flip through chapter titles. I wish I had the Dragon Reborn with me. I think I, I think I do. Hold on one second. I know the Dragon Reborn starts off with Pedro Nile and Boars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Yakim yeah. Keridan. See, and so much that happens, like at the very beginning of <gasps> the Great Hunt. I just like what? What did you? What did you think? Of? Should we have a? Should we have an Ordeeth cold open? Would that make sense? Pot on Fane. I still want a day in the life of Pot on Fane. I think that would be an amazing episode. Actually, well, actually, <laughs> since you mentioned. I was thinking another cold open could be Fane's journey with the horn and bringing it to Lord Turok. Because he has it. They're searching for it. It needs to be in Falma. So maybe we get like a POV from Fane for like a cold open. Ooh, you know what? That would work really well with the Lord Turok open. If, like, it ends mm-hmm. that scene with one of the serving mm-hmm. girls or something being like, there's a man who wants to talk to the person in charge. Ooh. And then we can cut back to it later in the episode. Mm. I just feel like Pot on Fane is that such was- a, for one, the actor is amazing. But yeah. we don't know what's driving him yet. Like, he's just been this guy yeah. doing stuff in the background. and In the background. He's doing things because why? You know? Like, what's his end yeah. game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, really, is it... We don't have it established at this point that he's a dark friend, right? Mm, well, I mean... It's not it's not really been said out loud, but he's commanding Trollocs and stuff, so So that kind of gives it away a yeah. little bit. Okay. <laughs> but we but we don't know exactly um, why, you know? Yeah. The other dark friends have had really good motivators, like Dana. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Pot and Fane, it's kind of like, what's his deal? <laughs> Like, maybe he just likes hanging out with Trollocs. I don't know. You mentioned Dana and that scene of her, like, running mm-hmm. the sword. It just flashes through my head, and part of me finds it comical, and the other part of me is like, yeah, get it. Go, girl. <laughs> I love it. Get it, girl. The other Go. Two, and like, right? Go. <laughs> and at the same time, like, this is mildly ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But the Wheel of Time is mildly ridiculous. It is. I love that. I mean, seriously, if they made this like entire thing without not taking it too seriously, it would just be. I mean, I don't know if that'd be a scene that they were like intentionally going for being more <laughs> quote unquote comical scene. I don't know about that, Tracy. <laughs> I kind of doubt that. <laughs> we want you to look angry and intense and run as hard as you can. And Tracy sits and laughs. If I was an actress, I would be like, shit, I don't want to do this. 
running right. with a sword. And like, do you do you have a an actress role that allows me to lounge someplace? And do you have a rubber sword because I am clumsy? <laughs> You not want my actor's union <laughs> on your heels. Right. In the event of a accidental stabbing. Right. Not my fault. Not my fault. It's my trembly hands. Possibly. Okay, so further cold open. What about something in Kyrian? Yeah. Like, Kyrian is kind of oh. a big plot point oh, oh, in The Great oh. Hunt. Yeah. Yeah? I would love to work in the contrast between the Forgate and the (gasps) city. So, like, maybe something in the air of, like, a rebellion or... Ooh. They could could also do that with Tom because Tom's there. I don't know if he will be on the TV show, though. But some type of plotting, I feel like, is necessary... I just don't know what type mm-hmm. of cold open would be like super attention grabbing. Mm-hmm. I do think that I do think that the the shadow pal party would be great. I'm just I mean, that I can visualize so that so easily in my head. Yeah. Like the cam the camera Same. panning across people sitting like mm-hmm. with their hands in their laps, and maybe you see an ice at eye ring. Right. There's so many things that are really fun about that scene that would actually make it fairly easy to film, I think, because one of the comments that Boris makes is how it looks like the idea of the interior of a palace, but it's not finished. Mm-hmm. So like there's rough stone behind the the tapestries that are hanging on the walls and like it just doesn't have... It doesn't have like a super grand posh feeling where it would be difficult to set it up as true, a scene. True. The location of it and could be very vague. Yeah. 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 And like not even like it wouldn't even have to be the same from shot to shot if they wanted to, you know, like just to kind of emphasize that it's not really in the real world that there's some place that is malleable mm-hmm. yeah that might be kind of cool i mean it could also come across as sloppy <laughs> <laughs> i mean if we, we could just have a kind of cool we could just have a teleronriode cold open where all the heroes are hanging Oof. out playing uno <laughs> rogosh eagle eye draw four <laughs> rotate <laughs> Damn it, I have nothing but red. (laughs) Yeah, I do feel as though like something that like pulls in Destemar in some way for a cold open would be really cool. But I just don't know like how that would come across without being like really boring. Like it's something that's more subtle than I think could be placed into a cold open. It needs almost a full episode to develop and see all the things like where Hearn goes through this Lord Rand comfortableness to this bowing his head almost to the floor kind of thing because of where they are because of Deste Mar. So I feel like 
introducing that and early in season two is going to be really important to keep people watching because there's so much more going on under the surface and we need Mm -hmm. people to be aware of that so I feel like that's I mean it's got to be in there someplace whether it belongs in a cold open or not I just don't know I mean I I could have a grom cold open that would make (laughs) me happy that could be part of the Lord Turok cold open. A great gralming. Yeah. The gathering of the great groms. Grom, grom, grom. <laughs> the gathering grom. Grom, grom. <laughs> That's how they vote, too. <laughs> grom, 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 grom. <laughs> the great, the great grom orators. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to go a little cookie monster for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, that does suit me. That is how I feel with a batch of cookies. So maybe I'm... <laughs> Grom them. I'm a, I'm a Grom cookie monster crossover. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh. Okay, so I opened The Great Hunt just to kind of like look at the chapter titles and see if it like inspires me in any way. What if we did a, a Perrin, Perrin wolf dream? That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Get out of my head. Get out of my head. Never. <laughs> that would be cool. Yes. That would be Wouldn't very that cool. Would be cool? Like. I just don't know how they would do it without like it looking like National Geographic and it's just wolves running, you know? <laughs> you just, just have <laughs> Perrin. <laughs> howling in his sleep <laughs> what's oh. the Shinar Uno's like <laughs> Uno's like you're gonna give us away him? you flaming fool <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah uh, we did kind of have that though we did have that flashback that nightmare sequence yeah. with the wolf and Layla yeah, yeah. And he does, like, he does have those, like, those few interactions with the wolves where they come close. Like, he's got where the wolf, like, licks his leg and blah, blah, blah. What? I mean, you could film it in, like, a way that indicates that it is a dream or you are in a dream world. But it still feels realistic enough that you're kind of questioning it. And then... I mean, really, you could do it just like they do it in the books, where, like, Rand, not Rand, Perrin, Perrin has these, like, mental conversations with the wolf, and hopefully it wouldn't look too cheesy, but, like, if you had it so that it's him being taught, because I think that's really important. Oh, okay. I kind of have an idea here. Yeah? Yeah. They could have him, like, in a another one of these, like, vague dreamscape locations mm-hmm. where he's in the presence of a wolf and he's kind of, like, following it. Yes. Or being kind of, like, nudged forward by it. Yep. And <gasps> as he moves and he's going, like, the scene changes. So he's from, like, one location to a next. So you know it's Ooh, a dream. yeah. Where things kind of just, like, shift, where it's like, yes. oh, like, first you're in a house, then you're outside, and, like, wherever. So, yeah, like, the like, scenes change. Just like in the books, yeah. 
Yeah. Because, like, there are those but, moments where, like, Perrin takes big steps and it takes him from, like, one place directly to another. And so that would be cool to give it, like, the shift scene. I love how that's written in the books. Like, I yeah. can feel it and see yes. it. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. well in my mind. Same. But I'm pretty sure this is where Perrin in The Dragon Reborn sees Kalendor. Like, he sees mm. the redstone mm-hmm. doors. Is it because Rand's dreaming about it? I'm not sure. It could be. Because I, but I like, know. Perrin, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Perrin's, like, telling himself, like, don't worry. This is just a dream. Like, it's only a dream. Yeah. And then he sees, like, the columns for the redstone door. And then he sees a space with, like, the crystal sword. So, like, we see Kalendor. I don't know yeah. if we get Kalendor on the show. But that could be interesting. I don't know if it would be a cold open moment. But I think it's a scene that I that I think is likely especially if we're getting Elias this Mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. So, like, he could come Mm -hmm. out of the dream, like, in a fret, you know, like, scared. Mm -hmm. And Elias could be there to, like, tell him what it is. And Mm -hmm. then that would tell the viewers what Mm -hmm. it is and what it means. Yeah. Because I do think we're going to get Perrin and Loyal trying to find out what happened to Rand like I just don't think that they're going to believe that he's dead the Taviran pull would have changed I think or something I don't know but I do think we're going to get like an on the road adventure with parents somehow that's going to help push forward the wolf brother storyline I think we have to have that and that's where Elias comes in as like his guide. Like maybe the wolves lead lead Elias to Perrin. You to know? him. Yeah. And like when Perrin wakes up yeah. from his dream, Elias is there and he's like, It's okay, boy. Or something. I don't know. It's all right. I think this will be a very Perrin centric plot. For season it kind of, two. It has to be. It has to it be. It has to be. Yeah, there's not a lot of focus, actually, on Rand in, like, not until the end for the great, or not the great hunt, the dragon reborn. There's a lot of focus on Perrin. Like, don't we meet Bail now, too? Yep. Yeah, so we've got um, that storyline. coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that I really like about that the whole Perrin following Rand thing. And is he traveling with Moraine and, L- and Lan as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, because... <laughs> because Fayola, uh asked Mandarb. me to be called... Yeah, she asked to be called Mandarb. <laughs> and Perrin oh, laughs God, at that's her. that's so good. That's so good. She's like, that's such call a me Fayil. It is. Like, I literally, like, kind of... Sp- Blurt laughed. You know what I mean? Blurt. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Um, <laughs> trying to put it together as one word. No, no. How will that work? You know what, Tracy? Mm-hmm. There's also that really cool moment in the beginning of the Great Hunt. I think it's right after Perrin has that wolf dream. Mm-hmm. He's being woken up 
by the Trolloc attack on their camp with the Shinarans. Mm-hmm. Mm. All hell breaks loose and we get like a good solid battle. Mm-hmm. So like all of the Emmons fielders are contributing, I guess, except for Rand, because <laughs> he he has a moment. Yeah. I just don't know how I just don't know how fast paced this season is going to be. Like, will we get I think this I think the Stone of Tear will be the finale. I don't I don't know. I hope. I mean I think so ideally for me, like I know you mentioned when we were chatting earlier that season two is potentially not coming out until twenty twenty three. So here's my Mm -hmm. hope, because I understand, and please take your time and give me something that's really good, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. fucking disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. That said, I get it, I get it, and really, I honestly, 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 I would much rather them take their time and do, do this right. And I would love to find out that they are expanding this for 10 episodes instead of eight because come on, guys. And then we have like mid-season, all the shit at Falma, and then the season finale is the Stone of Tear because that sets up for such cool shit. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The Shadow Rising is my favorite. It is my favorite book in the series. I always am like, is it time for book four yet? I'm ready for book four. I love it. I just really like the Battle of Emmons Field. It's such a good, good. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, add the everything. And the Aiel? What? Mm-hmm. It really is just a feast, oh. in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Mm. So, well, they're they're doing all of these shots in Morocco. Right. Right. My mm. my guess is that when we hear that they're combining bits of book two and book three for this season, mm-hmm. I do think that the Horn of Elier will be like the big final moment of yeah. season two. I just think we're getting Rand fucking off to who knows where for (laughs) this season. Similar to what is happening in the Dragon Reborn where... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense because that's where we're left off. Everyone's like, where is Rand? I just... What's he doing? I want a shot of him sitting in front of a fire playing his lute or not his lute his flute i mean that he got from tom <laughs> yes, or whatever yes. and like just like yeah. looking really nervous and like kind of scared and well, like don't you remember when figures approach him and whatnot like he's kind that's of in when a he really killed all up. those yes yes that's when he kills all those people and like and then puppeteers sets them, them up yes neil bitches Oh, it's so and messed just up. Picturing him like moving. A- <laughs> I don't know. It's and so you like-, go like this, and you go like this. 
<laughs> now I'm just imagining that scene. Have you ever seen the movie Freddy Got Fingered where he's playing no. the piano? And no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I can't. Nope, so somehow missed out like, on pup. that. Okay. That's funny. Randy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's funny, even if I don't get the reference. <laughs> But no, like, yeah. Uh, Ra- but, but no, like, yeah. Rand but no, like, yeah. is, he's, he's losing it. And yeah. I feel like this is going to be, uh poor Yasha. Like, this is going to be a rough yes. season to film yeah. where it's just going to be a lot of anguish and trauma and, yeah. oof. Yeah. I just don't, and I mean, I don't know how they're all going to get back to Toman had. Oh, that's gonna be interesting. I know Tavirin. how gr- I know how it'll happen with the girls. Tavirin, Amber. It's just gonna be Tavirin. Like when he starts to leave from the eye of the world, like he starts to go in one direction and realizes he just can't, and he's pulled in a specific direction, and he's like, "I'm just gonna let the world take me where it wants to take me." I don't yeah. know if that would really happen. That would be kind of lame, but I mean. If we're but looking I still for, think like, it would be fun out. to see. I still think it would be fun to see the repercussions of his Tavirinness on the villages and a bunch of yes. weird stuff happening. Yes, I mean, I'm I was... seeing it like an episode of X Files, where it's just like very, like something's very wrong, and everyone's acting like they're. I don't know, like under a spell, kind of. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But maybe that's I just was, like my weird love for weird things where I'm like, yeah, I'm, let's just give people a really strange, <laughs> bonkers episode where people are acting wild and nobody knows why. I, I love that, though, because I think, I think the only way to start showing the impact of a Taviran, of Rand's, uh, strength is to have those upheavals as he's going through places. And I also, like you were talking about Kalendor, like when he mm-hmm. is in the places where he's in, people are, are dreaming of the, of Kalendor as well. Like he is so strongly Taviran, he's intruding in their fucking dreams. So I feel as though like, skipping that would be a mistake. You would miss out on so much plot development. Like, I know Tavirin kind of tugs at the idea of being plausible, but it is a really good plot development for the series to move forward the way that it does. So, especially given the fact that Tavirin haven't really been explained in the TV show. Exactly. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we start showing like the repercussions and start talking about it, then the audience starts to understand like, oh, like it's not it's not just that Rand can channel, it's not just that Perrin can talk to wolves. It's not just that Matt is, I don't know what, at this point with season one. (laughs) But they're all severe. Like, there's also this kind of element of, 
I don't know how to describe it except for almost like paranormal, where like yeah, Ooh, that's these effects word. of the Taviran don't mm-hmm. feel like anything in our world. Like this yeah. is fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But translating it to TV almost has this like horror film vibe, I where agree. it's like unnatural things are happening to people and we Mm -hmm. don't know why Mm -hmm. and I think too that opens the door for the bubbles of evil like there are unnatural things in this world you know we've seen Trollocs and Fades but we haven't seen what else like the dark one can throw out at people yeah that's but we also have that counterbalance of Taviran. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that's another good reason to do the cold open with Maureen being attacked by a Jakar because we haven't seen a Jakar yet. And that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Especially if they, mm-hmm. like, make him almost, I want to say almost more human esque on first appearance. So that when Moraine starts walking towards this dashingly handsome person in a cape, like, it almost makes sense until they, like, open up and they're, like, all teeth and long fingernails and doesn't matter anymore because he's, like, crooning her in, you know? Like, that would that would be cool because we, like you said, we've seen Trollocs, we've seen Madral, and they are all attack, blood, and gore. And there are so many more subtle ways that the Dark One affects people and has had creatures created in a way to not be as aggressively present. Does that make sense? You know what? Yeah. I want to talk about something because this... Please. What we're talking about with this cold open Drakkar sequence. Yeah. It's giving me, it's making me think about Game of Thrones and how that first scene with, if you don't know the series, it looks like these ice zombies, you know, killing Uh things. So like we're in this like medieval fantasy landscape and then you're like, what the hell did I just watch? (laughs) Like what is this? Uh Where it's almost like, okay, medieval sci-fi fantasy, you don't really know where it's going. And it's really, I think it set a bar Mm. really high for fantasy in general as far as TV And I think that's one of the things that, you know, you don't want to be compared to Game of Thrones. Right. There are so many elements in the Wheel of Time that Mm -hmm. have this, like, completely, like, wild what just happened. Yeah. And I think, like, there are these very dark, scary things that go on in this book where, in these books where it would translate so well to TV because it's such a shock to see something yes. like this. A Jakar. I mean, yeah. we've seen what the the effects crews for the visual effects have done mm-hmm. for the Fade and the Trollocs, and mm-hmm. it was great. Yep. So, I mean, can you imagine these same people coming up with concepts for the Jakar or yes. for maybe some of the Shan Chen creatures. It like brilliant. Oof. Yeah. That just makes me so excited. Like, they've got 
They've got a really so good crew. So much. Yep. This book is just an arsenal of like <laughs> all kinds of weird that they can just run with and have fun yep. with. And I'm yeah. I think it's hard to deny how deep this series can go. Like mm-hmm. it's just an endless layer of possibilities that you can spin off from and take inspiration from and create from. And I think like considering what they were able to do with the Trollocs, I don't even think they would need a whole lot of special effects to pull off a Jakar. So it wouldn't even be like a pricey addition in any way to have that moment with a Jakar and like just that introduction there, there are more things in the dark hiding Ugh. out there, you know? I just, I just see it in my mind, like, you don't, like, Moraine being in view of the camera, and you just see yes. something drop behind her, like, silently. Yep. To the point where it's like, did I just imagine that? Like, mm-hmm. what was that? And then you don't see or hear anything for a couple seconds, and you're like, oh, okay. And then Moraine <laughs> kind of just, like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yes. turns her head really slowly and you hear something. Yeah. Ooh, that gives me goosebumps thinking about. It would be such make a it good dark. scene. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. Is like, The Wheel of Time is not a light series in any way. Like, the first book is maybe the one that, like, lands most towards young adult-ish. Yeah. But then after Mm -hmm. that, it's just a continuous, dark, deep hole of humanity and politics and power and everything. Yes, trauma. (laughs) Like, and there are some things that, yes, I think could have been handled a little bit better. Like, I still, I still feel uncomfortable around the fact that, like, a queen goes through one traumatic event after the other and she always is just like, I'm fine. They're like, are you really fine? Are you? <laughs> how many times have when you been held? When you're not fooling anyone. <laughs> yeah, you've been a prisoner how many times? What? You went through the White Tower and that kind of sucks? Like, I don't know. It just, I, I think that's actually one of the reasons why I don't mind her ending too much. And we've talked about that before as well, because... I really don't think she's processed all of that stuff. She hasn't had time. But once she's, like, sitting in power for a while, what choices will Aguine make? Will her trauma resurface? And, like, will she become tyrant-esque? So maybe it's better that she's, like, some towering crystal in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what Asha do you think Aguine is? I think she always feels like she's green. Like, yeah. I mean, isn't that what she says when she, like, is pretending to be an Aes Sedai? Doesn't she always claim green Aja? I even feel like I read over something when I was looking for stuff from the last battle for the Ogier. Where, like... I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I just... I think I I always see her as blue. Yes. I think, and see, that's just it. Is I think if she would have given been given a chance to grow up a bit more, like in the TV show when Alana says her whole little speech about what she had thought the Green Aja was, 
versus what it actually was. I mean, those Green Sisters actually were in battle. So they were seeing the destruction of people's bodies so that they could defend themselves. But that may not have been what Alana wanted to do. And I don't necessarily know if that would have been what a queen would have wanted to do had she understood completely what it meant to be a green sister. So I think had she gone through like the full process and had been and accepted for more than two minutes, Mm -hmm. she probably would have been groomed by blue sisters to become a blue sister. And she would have been much more effective than like her transition the way that it happens i mean thankfully she gets kind of tempered out by the aiel i feel like they really help a queen's character development but i also think that like it leaves her brittle in some ways i don't know this is true i get it yeah so speaking of the aiel do we want an aiel pulled open (laughs) only always youtube video only always. I mean, I would I would love a Tigrain cold open. That's one of the things I would love to see is like her leaving the castle, telling her brother, don't follow me. I must do this or the world will end. Like flash through her scene until she's like nothing but rags walking through the waste. And then found by maidens. And she's like, I have to join you. And then go through like a montage training sequence. Her falling in love. I just want to see the maidens training in general. Yeah. And then maybe. Well, like just, I don't know. It doesn't have to necessarily be a cold open. But just that establishing mm-hmm. shot of one of the holds and... Maybe kind of like this one camera long shot where the Mm. camera is like being walked through the Mm -hmm. hold. So there's like kids playing over here and maidens training over there. And then by the time the camera stops, you've got maybe the wise ones having their meeting (laughs) with some of the men being like, look, like the prophecy, it's time. We've got to go. We've got to leave the waste. He's here, you know? And ooh, goosebumps. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about the Aiel's prophecy. Yeah. But I I think that, I mean, I I think that's why I keep leaning towards at least getting some part of Tigraine's backstory put in there. Like, it would be a really great place to show the training of the maidens because I can I can just imagine what the maidens would put Tigrain through. This outlander woman, noble birth. Like they may not know those things about her, but just the fact that like she's not born Aiel and is coming to them and is like, hey, heard a prophecy, gotta be here, please train me. Like, I can't imagine that they'd be like, oh yeah, it's totally fun. Come hang with us. They made her earn I it. I would love, I would love to see that, but at the same time, I don't know how that would drive the plot, really. Oh, so I think the reason why it would help with the plot is that 
the Tigraine story, like, of course, is connected to Rand's birth story. And I think it's good to know that background at least a little bit before you get to Rand in book four when he goes to the the crystal columns and like is looking at his ancestry like that part I think you could possibly like tie it into something that would connect to like oh it would be a really cool one for like if they do the storming of the stone and the Aiel are there because then it would help explain why Rand is there and why the Aiel are going to follow Rand well I mean the thing is, is we've seen Tigraine already, mm-hmm. but she looks Aiel. So, like, Rand to mm, new viewers okay. already appears to be Aiel. So it's not like that's a mystery, really. That's I true. I mean, it's, it's misleading because she's not at all. Right, but right. Just from what we've seen, it's like, oh, she's an Aiel. She had a baby. He must be Aiel. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I don't know how far they'll take it. What if it also establishes the fact that Rand has royal blood from the house of Andor? Now Would that, that have- I could see for a later season. Uh-huh. And just having her set out. Uh-huh. Like, this pampered woman is what it looks like. She's mm-hmm. got this prophecy or foretelling, I guess, mm-hmm. of what she needs to do, and then she sets off. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, there's... What if they did... Okay, sorry. What if they did it for both her and uh, Luke? Because Luke becomes okay. Slayer. That's an important part that comes up later on in book four. This might be an unpopular theory, but mm. I don't want Luke at all. <laughs> I have no I problems. I really don't like that storyline at all. Mm-mm. The only the only time I find it entertaining is like in the last few books where Slayer and Perrin are fighting through Teleron Riode for like the dream shard and like all of those other things and like Perrin has to learn how to fight and blah 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 like I like that part but (laughs) that's about it fair enough fair enough that's actually my least favorite part I'm like oh Oh. god this is dragging on forever (laughs) (laughs) take me back to the real world (laughs) it does it does take quite a bit of time but there's also like Parent shows up and like gives a Gween that whole it's just a weave comment. And she's like, Well, fuck. I'm a dreamer and I didn't even think about <laughs> I didn't even really think about it that way. So like that whole like tumble yeah. through Teleron Riot, I feel is I feel like it's beneficial. That's true. So that's true because that's a really strong moment. It is. And at the same time, do we we could have okay. What about this? What about instead of Lord Luke, it's Perrin going after Lanfear? Ooh, wild. That might be really because, cool. Because she isn't she the one that's extremely uh, adept in the world of dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. And I mean, well, I you know could it. have Perrin like chasing after her. Does and it... then have that same like flash of like it's just a weave, like him yeah. bouncing around. Because okay, so doesn't doesn't Lanfear help in Teleronriod at the Black Tower? I think it is. There's something that happens close to the end. I think Andril and Pavara might be involved, but I feel like Lanfear is there, and maybe Perrin and Gall. Gosh, I don't remember the last books well enough. It's just like it's sitting in my brain someplace. I'm like, I don't know. I'm the same way. I would have to reread things again. Yeah. I just, I I would love more introductions to the world of dreams because it's, it's a big part of the plot, in my opinion. And I find it super entertaining, the layers that are in Teleron Riode. Like, it might be kind of cool to have, like, a Teleronriode interaction and then have Lanfear peek out around the corner and whatnot, like, and then have Mogideon up in a dark corner, like her face covered up and you just see this <laughs> mysterious face poking out, looking at Lanfear. Well, that's, that's why I would like to somehow introduce the heroes of the horn some way, like maybe Brigida getting like killed or Guido <gasps> Kane getting killed and then Amber. like being pulled into Teleronriod. I love that. I love that. What about a forsaken Tell cold me. open? Like no, what I a- would love that. That's what yeah. I was saying. Like I want some of the baddies. Like I want to see what if we I did see like, them. like they're yeah. loose. I I mean we could even have like a the imprisonment moment where the backlash on Sidene happens and all of the Forsaken get sucked in and imprisoned with the Dark One, quote unquote. That might be kind of cool. Yeah. Or yeah. even just... I would love to see some of the, the backstories of the Forsaken too. Like... Ooh, give me that land fear cold open. Of, yes. Like opening the boar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like have it be like all you could make it so futuristic y, you know, like them in a lab. That's, even. Well, that's why I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not, it wouldn't the, really be set up the way that the show has been set up. It could be so like sci fi set up and they're like working together and she's like, I shall use my channeling along with this. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. really easy to assume it is for me. Age of Legends is still like similar as far as like the 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 way that people live, I think, and it's not like when you get into it, when you read it, when you pull it all together, the Age of Legends wasn't an Age of Legends because it was like medieval badassery. It was because they used science and tech and Mm -hmm. channeling like there was i mean according to the histories that we know of the age of legends which we've talked about are potentially not completely accurate who knows but there does seem to be a collective effort to be able to take care of each other as part of the age of legends and Mm -hmm. to have like 
Lanfear be like, oh, blah, 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 this boar thing, blah, 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 blah. Oh, fuck. Like, I would love that. <laughs> I think it would be really cool. I yeah. mean, I, I think since they've already kind of established, like, the look of it. Oh, good point. Yes. They can, they can go back, really, mm-hmm. like... They can they can establish more from the Age of Legends, but I mean, at the same time, I think that's one of the things about the series that is so cool when it comes to adapting it because yeah. there are these really strong sci-fi elements, but at the yeah. same time, like you have horror elements and you've mm-hmm. got like a lot to really pick and choose from. So mm-hmm. as soon as you decide like what tone you want to take for the Mm -hmm. TV show, you can really, like, milk those categories for all that they're worth. Like, do we want it to be really dark, like, with these shadow spawn? Do we want to incorporate lots of bubbles of evil? Do we want the Forsaken to kind of, I don't know, take on something almost a little bit campy? Like, I think they just... As far as, like, season one goes, I think they've kind of, like, got an idea with what they want to go with. And season two will be the part where they're like, okay, we're going in this direction. Kind of like how that's the great hunt. (laughs) Where it's like the eye of the world is like, we don't know what's going on. It's like a Tolkien fan fiction. We don't know. But then, like, in the great hunt, you're kind of like, okay, this is the setup. This is the tone that we're going for and it starts to kind of follow that path yeah until the very end and even when Brandon Sanderson picks it up he kind of puts his own touch on it so i mean it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. completely linear in terms mm-hmm. of like if you want it kind of dark or whatever but yeah i've got so much to work with so yeah. much and i i am I think they did a very good job with the Age of Legends cold open that it didn't feel jarring. Do you know what I mean? Like they still had it filmed in a way that it felt cohesive with everything else that we had watched, but it was still like, there's something different. This is different. This isn't the mm-hmm. same. And I I liked how I like I liked how they did that. I appreciated it because if they if they pull it off right, it will I just all flow I just want to live in that like Santorini style mid century <laughs> modern house. Take me there. I want to live there. Uh, I love it. I th- I love the I love the idea of having more Age of Legends things, especially around the Forsaken, because they do play a big role. It definitely doesn't hurt to have their backstory out there because. I want to see the Forsaken being, okay, like, here's the thing. We see it with the interaction between Baal Zaman and Moraine. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. when Moraine has to channel, she's, like, kind of making this, like, ball in her hands, and she mm-hmm. has to think about it, and she has to go through the motions. But when Baal Zaman cuts her off from the source, it's like, 
he, he could just snap his fingers and it's yeah. done. Like, it's child's play to him. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, the first instance where we've seen another channeler besides, like, maybe someone like Loghain mm-hmm. where they are so incredibly powerful that it really, like, puts in perspective how weak fourth age channelers are versus the Forsaken. Like, they're just yes. mega power mega so like if we somehow go back in time and see some of the things that they are able to do it could kind of put in perspective like oh cool alana you stopped some arrows with an (laughs) air bubble but then you see someone like lanfear like drilling into the earth metaphysically with channeling it's like mm-hmm. wait what yeah <laughs> and what is she going maybe, on she maybe raised an eyebrow maybe to like make it happen yeah you know like yeah it makes it i like that it has that separation between the two like it makes it so much easier to feel the disdain of the forsaken for these children i die as they frequently like to call them and i mean i get it I get it. It just baffles me that like, and I think, you know what? I was going to say, this baffles me that these powerful channelers, how many are the Forsaken? 12, 13? 13, I think. 13. So we have 13 Forsaken who are incredibly powerful, who know things that no one in the Third Age knows at all. And they still fuck up and fail how yeah and the only thing i can think of is that they just don't ever choose to work together and i feel as though that is an intentional plot point obviously maybe i don't know but or it's just a way to keep some of them alive and some you know what I mean? and some of them dead i mean and then resurrect others i don't know that whole well, if they if they work together, this story would be over in like three books, right? You know? Like it would be they, that easy. They just would have walked places and used compulsion on everyone that needed to be like turned to. I mean, Ravine did it right. He was the <laughs> he was the only <laughs> Forsaken who was like, "I'm gonna get myself a queen. <laughs> I'll have an go entire." Ahead and ooh, do that. Samael does that. He takes over Ilian, right? King Brent. I wonder if they're gonna cut. I think they're gonna cut down on the number of Forsaken, maybe. They might have to. There are a lot of them. And I mean, some of them might be better off as Forsaken that have been left behind. Like maybe they didn't survive their awakening to the real world. Maybe Agonor stays <laughs> dead or something. Can you imagine if that's a cold open? Like the, the door opens and the forcing and they're like, oh, we're free. And it's like, oh shit, oh, Bilal is just like a skeleton in the corner. <laughs> he didn't make it. He was too close to the earth or whatever it is. <laughs> God, that would too be really away. funny. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Pulled open to Lanfear. She's like, well, Bilal, Samuel. <laughs> Don't really miss you guys. More chance of me becoming nameless. Meh. I feel like Lanfear gives no fucks for those guys. I think season two will be the season of Lanfear. 
I would love that. We've got the first male forsaken. Now I think we'll get the first female. I think we need to. The The thing about the Wheel of Time that we come back to so often is balance. And that's the way that Jordan writes it is one side balances out the other. And right now, the only, the only balance for Ishamayel is Lanfear. Like, no one can touch it. Maybe Rand, but he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So, like, and there are moments where Lanfear interferes to help Rand against things that Ishamayel or Samael have done because she's the only one that can. So, we need that. Season two, season of Lanfear. Yeah, Sadine Sidar. We need to get them like battling against each other where we can see it because it's going to be such a big plot point as we move forward. So I'd be down for that. I'd here, be here. here. Yeah. Here. Ooh. We are at an hour 41. Do we want to Shut up. It? Wrap it up. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so fun. That was so fun. Yeah, we can wrap it. That was great. If people like this, tell us and we'll yeah. go off script more often. <laughs> I mean, this was so easy. Maybe at this point, we've just <laughs> read so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get it all out somehow. Yeah, this is episode what? 85? 85. Mm-hmm. That's wild. We've been yep. talking about this every week for 85 weeks. <laughs> and next week... We'll be able to record in the same location. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So this we'll will actually be. Up. Yeah, this will be coming out when you're here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, excited, excited. We'll, we'll wrap it up and thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.